what's up guys what's going on i'm back this is pauline theology's uh daily devo and we're in first john chapter 5 verses 5 through 12 if you haven't read yet go ahead and stop the tape go ahead and read it whatever version you're checking out come back and we'll answer the four questions if you have uh already read let's go ahead and get into the four questions guys well what does the scripture say what's john writing here well he says that we have the victory or he says, who is the one who has victory over the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God? So we already know who has the victory. We read uh, we read and talked about that in the last episode, but we continue on to talk about it today. It's like we have the victory because we believe in the son of God, Jesus Christ. We believe that he is the Christ. And then John goes and explains um, why, like how we know. And it says... It's because he's the one that came by water and blood, the Christ Jesus. And it's not just by water alone, but it's by the blood as well. Well, what's the significance of that? Um, well, I, I think and then he continues and says by the spirit, too, that the spirit, the spirit testifies to this. And these are the three witnesses. So what's the significance of this? Well, the first one is water. Water is something that everybody believes. He's bringing this up because of the fact that, remember, we're talking about uh, people who are coming in and trying to persuade the believers at Ephesus to believe in a Jesus that is not the true Jesus. OK, and so um, we know that the ones who believe that Jesus is not the true Jesus believe in this water part because he says not water alone but blood as well. So the water, I would assume probably most likely is his baptism. You see, because the the um, the Gnostics or whoever believe also believe that Jesus was baptized and this started the anointing or his um, ministry on earth. And so the water is most likely baptism, a symbol of God anointing Jesus as the Messiah. But he says the blood, he says not just water, but it's blood as well. And this refers specifically to a his his physical life that he actually was a a, a human being because this is something that those uh, people denied or two that it was he actually died on the cross and I'm going to say that it's going to be the second part that it is that he has died on the cross that he has shed his blood and the reason I say this is because throughout this entire book John consistently points to the fact that Jesus was physically a, a human being, but that he died on the cross and that he was a propitiation or he was elastimus is the Greek word, or he was a um, um, the, the uh, appeasement of the king as well as the forgiveness of sins. It, it, he cleansed, he's the cleansing of our sins. Okay. And so that is very important to the theology of John is that Christ had to die. Um, he had to suffer these things in order for us to have life, to order for us to have this eternal life. And so the water most likely refers to the baptism or anointing of, of Jesus for the ministry that he was called to. But the blood is so important that it was his death on the cross that allowed us to be freed from sin. And then his spirit is the third that testifies. And the spirit is the truth. It's it's God. As Jesus said, he would send a helper that would come. And the spirit is pointing always is always pointing to the son to testify of his deity, his humanity, 
and his uh, uh, his uh, exaltation or his being presented above every other name that is ever known is that he has the title King of Kings. And that's what the spirit does as he points to. him. OK. And now I also need to <clears throat> talk about another warrant um, that has occurred is if you have the King James Version, then you probably see, I believe it's verse nine where it says, and these testify in heaven and these testify on earth. And the reason why most uh, books don't have this today is because uh, it is not in the original manuscripts. There's a thing called, um, it's called, uh, oh, I can't even think of it right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it's a science in which we go back and we see what the originals were of the text that we get. And so when they write these things, you know, you get books in a printing press. One time I went to the the uh, uh, Bible store and bought me a Bible and I came out and there was like two chapters missing from the from the Bible as I was reading through it. I was like, what? What's going on? I take it back and I got me a new one. And that was with a printing press that we saw there was a problem of missing text. And so if we uh, have people back then who do this handwritten, they are handwriting these things and they do take careful, careful consideration as they write all of these texts down to be able to pass it down because they they view these as holy scriptures as we do. And so they were careful and meticulous in writing these things. But still, people are people. Humans are humans. We make errors. And so uh, that is what happened here is that in reading and and, and, and writing um, some most likely uh, there's a couple of different ways it could happen. There's one where people add things to clarify understandings that are difficult to do in the scripture. Sometimes it's uh, things that are difficult to read. They try and make those things a lot smoother. But in this particular case, it was uh, probably something that was in the notes that somebody wanted to say to help an understanding of what the scripture was saying. And after so much time, they go ahead and added it into the scriptures because they were just trying to, to pass these things on. But what came about is that the earliest manuscript that we could find of this was actually after the, um, was after the uh, Latin Vulgate, which is not what we now find our, uh, how we, translate our scriptures. We translate now from the original languages, which is Greek and Hebrew. It's a long story. Go look it up, though. But uh, it's about Erasmus, man. He's a one of the first people during uh, the Renaissance, I believe, where they wanted to bring back w the original scriptures to be able to study what the original language was of the scriptures. And when he went back to the original languages, he saw that what was in the Latin Vulgate wasn't actually in the Greek manuscripts, the scripts that the manuscripts which they'd found uh, were what were the original language of what it was written in. And so he didn't want to add it in there. But with pressure from the church, he said, if you could find me one, I will add it into it. And so somebody somehow found one manuscript, though it was after the Latin Vulgate. It was in Greek, but it was after the Latin Vulgate. They found it. And so he he fulfilled his vow and he added it to it. But when he added it to the second edition of his, uh, I think it's the Texas Recepticus. Um, when he added it to the uh, second edition, he wrote a note in there saying that he had found no other manuscripts in all of the manuscripts they had that had this verse in there, that had this text in there. Uh, so that's why now we don't add it in to all the other ones, but it is in the King James because the King James uses the Texas Recepticus, Texas Receptus as its uh, manuscript um, for uh, translation.
And if that doesn't make sense to you, it's okay. I just wanted to explain a little bit, and you can go look some more of that up if you want to. But let's continue on as we uh, continue to study. It says, also now that these three are the ones that testifies, the spirit, the water, and the blood. These things all point to who Jesus is. Now, it also says that God himself is the one who testifies to his son. And it says, and if if we believe man's testimony, so you go to court and you say, put this guy up, put his hand on the Bible, and uh, we believe him. He says, then we believe God because he is God. His testimony is way greater. And then he says, this is his, and actually first it says that if you don't believe God, then you make God a liar. And I would never do that. Ooh, that's tough. I would never do that. But finally, it says this, that what is the testimony that he said is that we can have life, that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. If you have the son, you have life. And if you don't have the son, then you don't have life and you don't have God. So what can we say about God in this is that a relationship with him can only come through his son, Jesus. That is the only way that we can have a relationship with God. That's the only way that we can have eternal life is through his son, Jesus. John writes in his gospel, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So we can only have a relationship with God the Father through God the Son, Jesus. Well, what's this say about man? Well, I think it says that we can have eternal life, man. We can have life eternal. We can have a relationship with God, which is the most precious thing in the world, that the God of all creation would want a relationship with men who uh, actively are in rebellion against him. Man, that's, that's just amazing that we can have a relationship with him only if we believe in the Son. And how can we uh, apply these truths is rely on the sacrifice of the Son and his victory over the world, man. Trust in that. I know sometimes things can get hard and tough. We can be in despair. We can be in turmoil, but we can realize that God's love is shown for us and that we do have victory because Christ has overcome. Who has who has uh, who is it that has victory but the one who believes that Jesus Christ is the son of God? I'll leave you with that, guys, and I will see you in the next episode.